0: What is going on, everyone, and welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined, as always, by Charlie Bud, and today we're wrapping up on Stranger Things Season 4. After the month-long wait, we finally got to see the conclusion on the Vecna storyline, and there was a lot of great content. But, let's start off with the uh, breakdown of the season, which was separated into two parts, one seven-episode half and a two-episode half passing the ball to you, what you got, what did you think about that uh, separation there?
1: Well, I think we did mention this a little bit in um, the first episode that we covered on Stranger Things, is that we just thought, it, we both, I think, kind of agreed it was a kind of a weird, like, break in between. Like, I think it worked in terms of how the narrative of the story was structured, because Volume 1 left off with uh, the massacre at... Um, uh, whatever the lab from Eleven's flashback and we kind of get like Vecna's origin story and all that stuff and it was a great it was a great lead up to all that and then it breaks so I thought it was a clean like break in the storyline it just seemed kind of like weird that they would break it for the last two episodes apparently it was because it wasn't finished they were still editing the last two episodes down to the wire and um so there you go and, that's
0: news okay yeah, yeah. So
1: that's what I, I that's what i heard but uh you know i haven't seen like a confirmed like source for that but that's what i've heard um mm. but uh yeah so right. you know i personally think it would be better if shows moved away from the binge watching experience moved back to like episodes per week i think it gives people i mean we could have a whole podcast episode about this one day and uh might be for an interesting topic to talk about but that's my personal opinion so um for me i kind of liked it i just think i would just wish it was like maybe half and half of the season um but way the show was set up i think it worked for you know what it was doing but what did you think of this volume one volume Uh two thing
0: Okay, before I get into that, I'm going to counter what you just said. I like binge-worthy shows that I can just watch in one night. Obviously, it sucks the second you finish it because all you want to do is, you know, watch it and watch the new stuff which won't come out for another year, but I I like that. But you're right, maybe that is for another episode. But uh I did like the the breakdown in terms of I felt that a good portion of the action, like uh, I should say, part 1 was a lot of setup. Obviously, there were some things that were going on. And at this point in time, I'm going to make sure I drop a spoiler alert for our listeners because there are going to be some spoilers throughout this particular episode, but uh, now you've been warned. But yeah, no, so I thought it was good setup in the first uh, seven, but in the last two, that was kind of when everything heated up. And I think the time, the runtime was like an hour and a half for episode eight, and then two hours and 20 minutes for episode nine, so plenty of good content to watch in there you're basically sitting down for almost two uh sorry two four hours yep. and uh just getting into it so i did think that was good interesting now that you've colored it with the backstory that maybe they weren't quite done editing which i get because when you have i'm sure they had so much left on the uh, editing room floor so when you have all of that and you're thinking about going into your final season you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up and kind of starting to close out some of those storylines that you have mm-hmm. uh going on so I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. But I am reminded because, honestly, I thought that this was going to be the series finale. I didn't think that there was going to be another season. So as I was watching it, I was so confused by the ending. I was like, bro, they didn't like answer so many things. I'm curious. Did you know that it was going to have another season or did you think? Uh,
1: yeah, I knew it was going to go to the fifth season and, the, and then that the fifth season was going to be the final season. Okay, okay, I need that going. I was in. like,
0: yeah. I thought I was like crazy. And then I, I've talked to some other people, and they're like, yeah, I thought this was going to be it too. So I was so confused. And some people were like, I was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, what kind of ending is that? But uh, no, dude. Definitely, definitely trippy. But we can go episode by episode thinking about Chapter 8, Papa, which essentially sees... Uh, the real drum roll, I guess I could say, of this latter half, if I can call it a half, of the season, in which Eleven is really bringing back her powers, kind of getting a feel, and then it just goes more or less to the to the chunk of it when we're doing the planning of the Vecna takedown. What were your thoughts? Was there anything that stood out in the episode for you in particular?
1: Um, so, I don't know. It's hard for me to remember episode by episode. I mean, I watched it when... Like, July 1st was out, so... Oh, my uh, gosh. Or, yeah, when it came out, so it's been, like... Love the commitment. Three weeks. Um, (laughs) So, I think, for me, the Papa episode, I thought it was, a pretty good one. Like, I mean, the thing that really stood out to me was, like, Eleven kind of overcame her, like, literal, physical, like, I don't know, barrier, maybe mental barrier as well, by standing up to Papa and kind of like overcoming him and just like literally just like watching him die and like being kind of ruthless <laughs> in the sense that um he she like he was begging her to uh um oh, what was the word uh stay <laughs> no because he was like trying to beg her to say something about like as he was dying he was Begging her to like say something that like she would like either like oh what was him, like I love yeah love yeah you, I think you're right Yep, so forgive, forgive forgive and she wouldn't and just literally just watched him die I was Yo, like, it's kind of cold balling. but I like Heck it yeah I like Heck it, it. I like it. and also it's a kind of very like a triumphant moment for her because you know the other military faction was coming in to take um, the shut down the lab take them out and she just has her powers back and she goes full on 11 mode and crashes the helicopter, takes everybody out, you know, some, you know, yes, the sniper just, it, it's a, it's a lot of great little like moments like that in the episode. I mean, the, the, the 11 storyline certainly takes place, like sticks out the most and I'm trying to even remember if like the other characters were even shown too much in that episode. I feel like the kids down in Hawkins were really just trying to come up with the plan for mm-hmm. Vecna um, and then like the last episode is them executing that plan. And then like, they kind of come up, everybody like kind of talks to each other again, because Mike and them who are like find L and then like, they somehow get in contact with Dustin and them and, or no, they don't do that because they don't know no, 11. They don't. Yeah, they don't, they don't. Awesome. Great. And, yeah. um, so.
0: And don't forget the Russia faction of Hopper, Joyce, Murray, Yuri and whatever they were, what Antonov, I think, or whatever the last guys, whatever they they guy. Whatever that guy They were is. breaking out of yeah, their prison Yeah, breaking out of Russia the too.
1: prison in a pretty, like, daring escape. And, like, they yep. uncover some crazy stuff that's happening in the prison. Like, I guess yeah. they're experimenting and torturing the Demogorgon creatures. And they have, like, so many of them. Couldn't yep. tell if it was, like, cloning or if they just that's what captured them. I was trying to figure out, too. Them. From uh, the upside down world, because when we see Vecna wandering it, you could clearly see that there's just like natural inhabitants of that uh, world. So mm. I don't know if they like went in there and just like caught a couple of demogorgon and brought them back into their prison camp um, <laughs> to be, you know, experimented <laughs> on and researched. Um Word them in, but and to so... capture them. So what did you think of this episode? What were like big standout moments for you? You know, did you like this episode? Um
0: I'm gonna follow in kind of your your thought process as well. I loved I see the thing I think that and it's good, it's it's character development, but when we first met Eleven, she was doing whatever it took to survive, you know, she was killing people, she was stealing egos, you know, whatever, whatever. And then uh, over time, obviously, she you know had friends, had a family, and so she kind of reined all that in, and started becoming like a, a person. But I kind of always liked that that ruthlessness in her. Specifically, thinking back to season one, when those remember they had those two bully kids who would just pick on the like you know uh, Dustin and Lucas and Mike mercilessly and Will. Yeah, and she literally breaks one of their arms just. Yeah. boom like uh-huh. that I was like dude that was it was, just, I was, it was like, great. Yes. it was excellent I mean, we well, didn't see
1: that in the beginning of season 4 when she walks up to uh, like I forget what her name is like Angela or something oh, and yeah. she just absolutely whacks her in the face with the, the roller blade, roller blade. <laughs> it's great I mean she definitely has that she's got that dog in her
0: <laughs> <laughs> whoa wow <whoa, whoa. laughs> yeah she got that dog dude she got that dog but <laughs> Like, see, even with that, even with that, she's got the dog. But then there was remorse. Like, she was like, "Oh, crying." Mm-hmm. No, season one, L. did not care. Did dude. not
1: care at all. I mean, she she killed people on the helicopter with no remorse. Didn't even bat okay. an eye. You know, like You're right. I think I like she was just return. crying that she did, like did it on such a grandiose stage in a society that doesn't necessarily accept people assaulting others. But okay, <laughs> that's fair, I guess. <laughs> You know, like what the other time where they're at, like, that lake, she kind of, like, does it only in front of, like, Mike and, like, these guys are being, um, obviously jerks and so she just snaps the kids arm, like, (laughs) absolute boom, boom, get out of here one of the best moments of season one literally (laughs)
0: literally i think that was the quote (laughs) but see i like i loved that part of her and so i'm happy obviously to see the evolution but i do love the the ruthlessness so when thinking about that moment when uh papa was asking for forgiveness and she got like so straight faced and just walked away and i think you know shout out to millie bob brown i think that's a great skill that she has in Mm -hmm. terms of she can compose herself and the body language she uses doesn't necessarily need to say something she can just emote it and successfully convey it so shouts out there but no so i loved the the return in that uh, regard regard um specifically i am curious because the character of papa is just one that continues to befuddle me (laughs) and i know he was like she thought uh she being 11 thought she had killed him and then he came back And we never got an explanation as to how that happened. So maybe we'll get one in season five. But I was super confused by that. But the cool thing about the episode was that it kind of started to show the why behind his character. And he was trying to kind of get that breakthrough with one pupil. And so one one being Vecna was the one he was really trying to do it with. And then he had, obviously, subsequent uh, pupils he tried to do it with. But then Eleven did. And that's when she kind of really solidified herself as the favorite. But... I was curious what that kind of peek into his psychology did for you as a viewer. Did you think that kind of redeemed him in a way? Or do you think that he was just kind of this crazy dude who had these kind of Uh, wild aspirations? I I
1: don't think he was redeemed in my eyes. Um, I think he was, it just kind of like showed kind of always what I suspected, that he was just somebody who like um, didn't really have empathy for like, the kids or anything he was somebody who was driven by like the ends justify the means kind of thing and mm. like so he was kind of uh, like a little ruthless in the way that like he did his practice he was just like he didn't really care at the end of the day and like he just saw Eleven as the new pet essentially like wasn't necessarily that because he had like some admiration for her if there was admiration for 11 it was because of her abilities not because like he saw her as like some type of like daughter figure or anything like that or mm-hmm. um so it was always like It was always, like, you know, cold calculus to Papa. And, like, so when we got a little bit more into his head, that just kind of, for me, um, proved that I was, like, that's just always kind of what I assumed. So, what about you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. I'd always thought he was a little wild. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't sure if I should be empathetic or not for a moment because – Okay, this is kind of messed up. The fact that he had all of them call him Papa, like, dude, that is... It's a power
1: play, a, dude. It's a power I play. I
0: know. I know. So I hated him from the jump just because I remembered, once again, in season one, when he made Eleven open up the... He's like, today we're going to make contact. And you could tell. She was like a little getting freaked out, and yet he still kind of pushed her to do that. So I knew he wasn't a good guy. I was curious kind of why he was pushing her or helping her, I should say, to get her powers back this season. Because I was like, okay, it's for the greater good, he understands. But then he didn't want her to go back and save the people at Hawkins, even though she said, my friends are in trouble. And then the other doctor said, we we agreed this wasn't going to be a prison. She could stay as long as she wanted to and then leave when she wanted to. And he was having none of that and literally drugged her. Mm -hmm. So I uh, was totally against Papa at that point. And he
1: even tried. Yeah, Yeah, like, I guess you said he did. Uh, Yeah, like, he did. (laughs)
0: i thought he tried but you know he fully did oh man now my only question is will he stay like i'm genuinely curious how did he come back from the Uh, dead? you know i
1: don't think we're ever gonna get an explanation for that because they just killed him and i think that like that's the end of his story you know Uh, Mm. i always thought his death was um ambiguous in the first one it was just implied but not shown And so, you know, it was always kind of like he could come back. And, like, even there was even, like, Eleven was getting haunted by Papa in, like, seasons two and three, which I think kind of foreshadowed that, like, she would have visions of him, if I recall correctly, of, like, him appearing, but he wasn't actually there. So it was, like, clear Mm. that the trauma was still kind of existing within her character. And then, like, she, so the fact that they would show him like, kind of hinted to the fact that maybe he's still out there, still kind of, like, a threat to her, you know, existence. And it was, I think, just foreshadowing his inevitable return in this in this season. Mm, but now I think okay. his storyline is, like, fully finished. I don't think we're going to see him for the fifth and final season. I think that guy's dead. A sniper shot through his chest. It was incredible yeah. that he was even able to speak. <laughs> um,
0: Literally, I mean, he's not bleeding. No, no lung was punctured or <laughs> like that, just chilling yeah. <laughs> oh, clean through gosh. and through <laughs> exactly so that, give it to that sniper man he's <laughs> like you might need this guy later <laughs> oh man but i think if we do like learn what happened to him i think the only way we do that is through that other scientist mm-hmm. who um had worked with him i think maybe he'll yeah. shed some light on that situation
1: yeah the even then like sense. i don't know how much that guy would know but like to me it's just weird because he was like seen as like an ally and then like he brings in papa or like uh, mm. all of a sudden it's just uh so interesting that yeah like whose side are you on and like where was Absolutely. he this whole time like where was he
0: that's a good. Also, the scientist. Like, I know, like, we met him before mm-hmm. because Hopper was in correspondence with him to keep Eleven hidden, mm-hmm. allow her to go about living a normal life. But I didn't really. Maybe I didn't pay attention as a viewer. But he, like, he, he had like a very big role this this season. Yeah, um, I honestly like, oh, yeah, couldn't
1: like, remember the character when he appeared on screen, and everybody acted familiar with him. I'm like, who are you again?
0: Mm-mm. Like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, remember no, literally, you. Literally. <laughs> Um, I think that, I just remember a scene, I think, where they're in a diner, Hopper, and him, like, in maybe season two. And no, it was, like, right before the snowball, I want to say. Yeah, so season two. And he's like, can she live a normal life? And he's like, yeah, we'll make sure she can live a normal life. Just keep her hidden. <laughs> and then uh, here we go today. So, yeah, very, very interesting. But I am curious what you thought about the escape from the Russian prison. Because, as you mentioned, it was kind of laced with not only... Russian soldiers and scientists, but also several creatures from the Upside Down, including Demogorgons, Demodogs, and this strange cloud that appeared to be the Mind Flayer? Is that what the impression you got? That
1: was the impression I got, but I'm like, I don't... Is that what it's supposed to be? Because I'm really confused. Is it just like an essence of him? Because, like, I feel like... I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. That's that's. It certainly looks like the mind flare or whatever, but it just. I don't know. I don't know how they caught it. Like, is it just part of him? Like, my my takeaway from that was like, okay, it was a cool like sequence, and it was very like intense with like kind of like the you know eighties horror vibes of like being in a prison with like every death all around you, but. Like, sure, there was a lot of, like, visual storytelling, a lot of reveals, kind of what was going on with this whole, like, Russian storyline. And, like, still, to me, the question remains, like, what is kind of the point of this? Like, is there going to be, like, some mm. payoff for this? Because I'm not necessarily sure there will be, given how that Russian storyline ended. It seemed to me that it's kind of, like, closed off with maybe the only thing that's really tying it back is... Um, that that prison guard that helped out hopper and you know Mm uh joyce is like i just i don't don't, is he gonna be coming back in a later season is he gonna be the thing that connects this whole russian story because he seems like somebody who uh was coming to america like you know it sounded Mm -hmm. like he betrayed russia or the soviet union and he's just like okay i'm not going back to the soviet union now i'm going i'm coming to america gonna get my family we're coming here And so, like, is he suddenly going to come up with a ton of insider information on what the Soviets were doing in that prison cell? Because he seemed as genuinely shocked by it as, like, everyone else. Mm. And he literally was a guard working at the prison, and he didn't know about it. So I don't really know kind of where this is going. Like... I guess we'll see. I mean, I have a lot of problems with season four, which we'll get into, but oh, like, um, tank. So we'll get into it, okay. but
0: okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Oh, okay. Well, moving from, ch- uh, chapter eight pop-up to episode nine, the piggyback. Now this was interesting because this was the actual execution of the stop Vecna plan, coupled with the you know multi-pronged assault on i guess the upside down from not only hawkins but uh russia as well as the place where mike and everybody was while 11 was kind of under trying to piggyback what did you before getting into the details what did you think of the overall episode and conclusion
1: well i mean i feel like there's a lot of things i want to like pick out and like talk about like uh, like with the actual conclusion to see uh, the season I think I have um, issues I have like um, yeah, mostly like just issues I guess uh, issues. just like the, the, we all got issues <laughs> we, we all got issues I mean there's like I have a couple of things I definitely want to talk about as we get more into the episode I mean for me I thought it was Okay, I think mean, I felt like the last the the finale was a little underwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it I don't know it just it didn't seem like the big like the big battle that happens was kind of cool, um, but like everyone else's kind of role in it was like non-existent essentially, and. Like they have like the and like, this was like an inevitable problem when they keep expanding the cast of characters who are part of like this squad, um. Which you know I think it's fine to add in a character or two, but when like every season you're just like the the crew is up to like 14 people now. Like I don't even yeah, bro. There are just, a lot of bodies. There's out a lot there. of bodies. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of people on the field right now. Like <laughs> a lot of cooks in the kitchen here. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, like, I, I think, cause it basically just boils down to like eleven versus, uh, uh, Vecna in the end. I mean, Max mm-hmm. is there, and like Lucas also kind of has like a passive role in the whole thing. Um, yes. but like everyone else, and like this is like another big problem that I have with the season is like basically didn't do anything like throughout the entire like. Like, the people who did the most throughout this entire season were definitely, like, the Hawkins crew, right? Like, they're, like, yeah. the main f- driving force of the story, like, alongside, like, Eleven's story, which is, like, completely absent of her crew, which is, like, Will, Jonathan, Pizza Guy, um, and Mike. <laughs> yeah, what was Pizza
0: Guy's name? I don't yet? remember
1: Pizza Guy's name. Um, And, like... Like those characters literally did nothing this entire season, nothing at all. Like
0: <laughs> my thing was that Hopper said, and "This is the line. Maybe I'm here so that I can help her some way." Her being eleven, and I was like, "You know, that's a good idea." But ha- ha- how did you how did you help her, Hopper? Because no, didn't you were help. didn't help. And there you... was
1: no- Okay, that's another thing I have a problem with. The whole, uh, I mean, the whole season rather. The Russia prison story felt just like filler. It just felt like filler. Uh, I could see that. It it, it felt like a season worth of filler. If they wanted to pursue, like, obviously, like, maybe not breaking him out in an episode. I mean, maybe you could. I mean, let's look, like, good narrative structure. Like, you could have dedicated an entire episode to... Like, maybe the first couple episodes, right? Let's say, like, episodes one and two, you like, you're teasing Hopper. He's trying to escape. He's working with Yuri, or yeah. not the, the guard, or whatever. And Joyce and, whatever. Joyce and uh, the other dude find out Hopps alive within the first uh, episode. They make it out to Russia by, like, let's say episode four, okay? And let's say in episode four, you don't explore any of the other storylines. You dedicate an entire episode to breaking hop out of prison like an entire mm. episode like an hour and like 15 minute episode i feel like with good pacing you could probably get it done in an hour 15 you could probably get the entire story pretty much done in that time and but instead, i think that might oh go ahead oh no you go go, go for it. but I'm like instead they wasted an entire season which half of it was just really boring and its payoff was basically Hop gets to be reunited with L. That's the payoff. Like, there isn't anything learned or gained other than that previously mentioned Russia plot or Soviet Union has a bunch of demigorgons, maybe a piece of the Mind flare or the Mind Flayer itself in that lab, which all escaped. And now what? OK, like there isn't a lot of there's a loose end there. They don't really talk about where a lot of those Demogorgons go. I guess they burned them all alive, but we don't know where the Mind Flayer thing went. And are we ever going to get answers as to why they have that? Is there going to be a continuation of the Soviet story? It seems like not really. It's kind of been a weak part of the story since the its inception. It's just like it's trying to like throw in like a Cold War theme into the show they try to jam it down our throats for four seasons and it's just simply hasn't really been
0: working but what were you mm. gonna say i was gonna say if you devoted the you know hour 15 minute long episode to the breakout i think you would up the stakes a little bit for just that storyline because for me i mean unfortunately we didn't really see joyce we didn't really see murray it was we didn't really even see hopper we just kind of saw them all together and like you said it was. It felt more like for me like a little bit of an afterthought, and I was like, "Yes, obviously the stakes are high. They have to break out. There are these, you know, Russian soldiers who might kill them at any moment. And if not them, then it'll be the Demogorgon, whatever's lurking in that laboratory, whatever it may be." But we kept flashing away so many times that I couldn't really get you know invested in the exactly. story because I was like, "Well, there's other things going on elsewhere, so I'm exactly, and those things affect the world as a whole, not just you know four people."
1: Exactly. I think if you dedicated an entire episode, you can kind of build on that like tension that you get from like kind of sticking to it. Like, can you imagine like breaking out of like a prison? It's dark. It's cold. And there's demogorgons running around. You hear like distant gunshots. You hear the deaths of guards. And then like suddenly it's silence. Right. And then like mm-hmm. all you have is maybe the flamethrower that's like that they find. And like you just hear the flickering of that flame. And then All of a sudden, like the Demogorgon comes out of like some freaking crack in the wall. And it's just like it kind of gives you that like alien vibe from like Ridley Scott. Like they could have totally taken that, which is hilarious because the first season was so clearly inspired by like things like alien that they Mm could have taken that like the thematics of that movie and like totally incorporated it into a special of the whole thing. And, like, it would have been fun. It still would have had no narrative significance other than, like, okay, Hopkins gets to get him home. But, like, that's needed because that's how they wrote his character, essentially, at the end yep. of season three. And um, and then, like, maybe he could have helped somehow in Hopkins – or whatever, Hawkins. I said Hopkins. Um, <laughs> I was going to say John Hopkins? <laughs> and, um, and, like, he could have had a larger role there. Like, you know, that whole monologue about like I could help her somehow. Like, well you didn't. You didn't. This entire episode this entire season you didn't do that. So Oh my god. You come home after Such. all the action's done. You just come home like, hey everybody, what happened while I was gone for <laughs> eight months?
0: <laughs> Gee whiz. He got ripped though, I will say that. He didn't get ripped, brother. Slimmer, it's slimmer
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he comes home to Hawkins is like, Huh, there's a giant like, you know, crater in the center of our town. Anyways,
0: how's everybody? <laughs> I missed you, kid. <laughs> missed you, kid. Oh, my gosh. I was like, ah. Uh, yeah, dude, that was... Uh, oh, geez. Okay, so yeah. That, that storyline was interesting. And um, kind of consider continuing along storylines because we said that literally the, the heart of this season was really based in Hawkins with, who was it? You had Steve, Dustin, um, Nancy... Uh, Robin, um, oh my gosh, Max. And then, to your point, we had a newcomer uh, in the form of Eddie. Yes. And Eddie was the one who everybody thought was, you know, in a cult and satanic and stuff. So still think that, somehow, too. You said, and they, yep, they still think that. And so somehow he factored into the plan that Nancy came up with to defeat Vecna, which I really want to talk about that for a second yeah. because you mentioned it super briefly. And to your point, You know, nobody was really... I'd say the the MVPs of this season, genuinely, had to be Max. Mm -hmm. I'll give it to Lucas for, you know, defending Max. And 11. And maybe throwing Steve in there because he took some L's. But, like, literally when they were in the upside down, I felt like Nancy, Robin, and um, Steve were getting choked out for the majority of the time. And then you had... Eddie taking L's and Dustin taking L's and I want to get into the Eddie talk which is why I brought him up for taking an L because for the bulk of the season he's running away and so you get the, you get the sense that that's kind of his MO in life and yet here we go he's buying enough time for basically everybody to try and complete this plan and end Vecna and while running away he's being chased by a, a large swarm of bats and finally he decides you know what now is the perfect time for me to turn around and take on this horde of, like, night creatures and possibly die, which, spoiler alert, he does. What did you think about that decision to just, you know, not use common sense? In the one moment, it was probably justified and just fight this <sighs> Okay, group of bats.
1: Okay, my problem with it is that, like, it was dumb, for sure, because it's not like the bats were diverging off of him to go like the reason they were doing the distraction in the first place is because they didn't want those creatures or the bats or whatever to bother steve nancy and robin at the mansion and so when he was Mm -hmm. running away he is doing his job right like you're not supposed to be this fool who gets yourself killed by trying to fight them you're a diversion okay keep running it's not like they stopped following you and we're gonna go mm-hmm. back to fight uh you know robin steve and uh uh nancy they yep. were following you and for some mm-hmm. reason he gets into his head like and it was leading up to this and like this episode i think about how he's always running away or whatever and like this is the moment that you decide to turn around and fight like for what possible reason that you need to do that other than like Absolutely. you have like this foolish heroicism spark in within, within you all of a sudden, and like you just die for it, like it's it was needless, and I felt like they only did it because they wanted to have like a shock value of a yeah. character dying, which is so stupid because they have perfectly written for a character to die,
0: and that was Max ah i'm glad you bring that up because i was going to ask you and actually yeah i was going to ask you what your thoughts were around max not dying but coming very actually i guess she technically did die but actually surviving
1: my problem was this is that they had a perfect opportunity it was it made perfect sense for max to die like it was foreshadowed pretty much the entire season that she was going to die. Like, she was targeted by Vecna. She seemed to have kind of, like, a nihilistic view on the world. Like, we were seeing a lot of her, you know, inner demons that Vecna was maybe playing, but who's to say that wasn't something that she was already thinking? You know, we're kind of getting into the mind of her, like, psyche. She has that letter she talks about, uh, you know, that she writes to Billy. We hear about it that, like, she kind of you know, had, like, these dark thoughts and all that stuff, and so it was perfectly kind of foretold that she didn't have a lot to live for in that sense, and we kind of got to see some part of her, maybe, um, which is why I think she also volunteers, because I think she has a little bit of, like, uh, a death wish to, Mm -hmm. um, in this entire situation, which is why she, like, volunteers to, you know, be bait for Vecna, essentially, knowing the risks like, fully well, and, um... And it's easy, like, it's easy to say that she has, like, a death wish, because clearly she did not want to die at the very end. Like, um, she was freaking out, you know, Lucas is there, she's like, I'm not ready to go at all, blah, 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 but, like, you know, you can see, like, some type of redemptive, like, need to live with her, like, and Lucas, as their relationship kind of gets a little bit more rekindled, like, towards the end. And so when the time finally comes... And L fails to really protect Max. She basically dies, but Elle, for some weird garbo reason, is able to, like, revive hmm. her. And then I guess she's alive, but in a coma. But then, like, when Elle tries to go into her mind, she's, like, not there. And so, like, she's like, is she brain dead and, like, just in a comatose? But... My entire problem with this is, is like, she could, she should have just died. Like, it could have been a, tr- like, yes, it's tragic, obviously, especially right after we're seeing that she and Lucas are making plans, that she tells tells Lucas that, you know, on, like when I think about my happiest t- my happiest days, like you're in those memories and all that stuff, and it's like this really sentimental moment. And, like, you know, she's finding strength again and, like, a purpose to living when, like, this entire season she's clearly isolated, having terrible thoughts, death wish, right? We've, we've, we've talked about mm. this. And then, like, you know, she makes a, a, a really risky, you know, proposition to kind of lure Vecna now. Doesn't work. And she should have died. And I don't like the fact that they're trying to kind of lead people on into thinking that she's still alive like they're afraid to kill her off essentially which you know in my opinion I think it made perfect sense to have her character die there I don't think it was just shock value like they did for Eddie Eddie's death made no sense it was just something that they did for who knows why but what did you think about the max thing
0: I'm not gonna I thought once again like like you said I thought she was gonna die especially because they kind of foreshadow it foreshadowed it when uh, Luke like you said, Luke, Lewis and her were making plans, and she said, okay, we can go to the movies. And usually that's kind of when something happens, and, oh, life is good, we'll make it past this. And so, and then she got her one arm broken, her other arm broken, her one leg broken, and she was blind. I was like, even if she survives, this is not a, it's not going to be a quality life necessarily. But one thing that stood out to me that I thought was a little strange was that, so Eleven didn't want her to die, somehow resuscitated her, and didn't know that she had survived, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when, uh, oh, Mike I just think I, I just count. think
1: Eleven didn't tell anyone what happened. Uh, that was what I but even, thought, but I don't know how she even couldn't she say anything.
0: Like, like surprised to find Max alive, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of uh, confused in that regard. But no, I mean, and it's hard. We just said that every season they add new people, and when you have new people, obviously that's great. You have more personalities, but at the same time, you can't be as invested in. Obviously, the new people or the old people either. And there are a lot of people, a lot of storylines. And as the seasons go on, these storylines, you know, become intertwined. But they start kind of diverting and going further and further away. Prime example, Jonathan Byers. I'm like, yeah, he's he maybe had like seven lines this season. Do you remember in season one when they had the whole storyline of he was kind of pining after Nancy a little bit? Like they were really growing closer. And then he was watching out for the boys and Will and was concerned about will's disappearance like you really got to flesh out that character but with so many characters yep we aren't necessarily able to do that quite as successfully and so in thinking about max she's been there since season two obviously a core member if someone is to die i mean someone a core member that wouldn't be not say as much of a loss obviously they put most of the season on her back but uh you could kill her and then have everybody be reminded oh wow this is real this is dangerous people can die but because so many people that we care about have made it you know, throughout the seasons, I A don't know if anybody's any major character characters are gonna die. But even if they do, it won't mean as much. Like if you kill someone off at the end of the series, like, yeah, that's great, but you never really get to experience what life was like without them, if mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying. So if they'd killed her off now, then you'd have a whole season of, Wow, like Max is dead and you got, you know, Eddie in mm-hmm. a slightly minor way is dead. And so we really gotta make sure that we do this because now not only is the upside down not affecting just its own little realm, but it's spread to our world and people like for example, the basketball captain Jason uh who got into a fight with Lucas trying to pull Max out of her trance that she was locked in when they were trying to trap Vecna. He died. Yeah. So we like so we think he got severed in half yep. like. No, he's okay, dead. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's dead. And I don't mind that. I'm like, okay, I cool. I cheered when he died yeah he was he was a little much he was a, li- a little much but it was like okay like real stakes i like that like people can actually die it's kind of like we were talking about last week when we were mentioning game of thrones and how you know people main characters can die and it just you never know what to pre- what you can predict or what's going to happen and i think that's fresh and so something i really enjoyed about this series early on was you weren't getting definitive answers and you were kind of kept off balance prime example being just the Demogorgon itself. I think something that they kind of got away from was just that mystery element. You didn't really know what the Demogorgon looked like. You didn't know what its MO was. People were just dying violently and it was like, oh, what's going to happen? Now that we know Vecna, we know what his kind of deal is and his motivation. Yes, in some ways that enhances the story, but it also takes away from it because then you can start saying, oh, why is he like this? Or you, as a viewer, get a chance to ask more questions and kind of poke more holes. I'm not saying that that isn't, you know, good, but it's just, it adds a new degree to the experience. And so I liked the mystery of things and also the real stakes like Barb died. You know, people died season one. I know I keep talking about season one, mm. but, um, and then now it's just kind of like, it's not quite the same.
1: Yeah. Everyone's got their plot armor and it's like not as exciting. I saw like a quote. I'm curious what you think about it. Cause you brought up game of it's Thrones, a- but um, I think it was either Millie Bobby Brown or the Duffer brothers said mm-hmm. that like when people, I mm-hmm. guess kind of criticized that like Max was living. Cause I guess I wasn't the only one who was like upset about mm-hmm. that, but some people were starting to criticize it. Like I think either Millie Bobby Brown or the Duffer brothers said like, this isn't game of Thrones. Like, you know, characters uh... don't need to like die. And I'm like, I'm curious if you think that is like the correct take, like, should like people have like invincible plot armor for certain stories Mm. or like does do you have to be game of thrones to be the only show or story or books or whatever that kills off like main characters
0: i don't think you have to be like game of thrones like you don't have to just kill people obviously you can you can create great characters that people really love and i think they had that with the core you know like the four guys and then you had 11 and even throw max in but as we talked about, we're adding more and more people. And so I can't care about everybody as much as I care about the originals. And so then you're at that point in time, I'm diluting my like interest in it because I'm like, well, everybody's going to be around and I don't really, it kind of makes it harder for me to get truly invested. But I mean, if that's the, obviously it's not my show. So if that's the show they want to create, please more power to them. But just as a viewer who... You know, likes to also be, you know, caught by surprise. I think there is something to be said about killing a main character. But if that's not the show that they're trying to create, then they're doing a great job of doing what they're
1: doing. I don't know. I mean, by personal opinion, I think saying that just kind of limits your ability to be, like, you know, to be a good writer, I guess. Like... I think the reason that Game of Thrones works is because he like most people I think are afraid like a lot I think a lot of people who like write shows are probably afraid to kill like main characters that they spent so much time kind of writing and like building a lot of narrative people get attached to, um, and it's like risky for sure. It's definitely risky to kill off like a main character like that. But the, where I think Game of Thrones kind of succeeded was that like it wasn't ever really done. For like a shock value perspective it was always done in a in service to the story it like it was something that always kind of like made sense for the most part like if whether it was like what seemed like a seemingly random killing was always kind of like seen as a kind of like the context for that person's character when you think of like ramsey bolton right like that guy was a sadistic uh. person who would just who loved to torture people and all that stuff. So, like, when he would just randomly kill someone, it just fit his character mold, right? But when you have Mm -hmm. someone like Ned Stark, you know, getting killed at the end of season one, the literal main character of the show for that season, it made sense when you kind of look back and reflect upon it. And so, like, that... But I don't think that needs to be exclusive to Game of Thrones because, like, it can Mm -hmm. be well-written into having a major character die. I mean, it's not like Game of Thrones is the only series that's ever killed a main character in like the history yeah. of narrative <laughs> storytelling like that's come like that that like people do it all the time if, if it makes sense for the story for a multitude of reasons and i think that like to say that is just kind of telling themselves and kind of giving away like their hand essentially that mm-hmm. they're not going to kill any characters in season like you can basically go in there with absolutely like any anytime that there's a situation where you think a character is going to die because they put themselves in a lot of these dangerous situations that easily can get them killed and it's kind of ridiculous that these kids have all kind of made it out basically unscathed <laughs> and for to just say like yeah we're not going to be doing that that's not the type of show i think it's just weak i think it's just not i think it's just like you're you're not brave you're not being bold and like you're kind of giving a predictive story you know like we're just kind of expecting them to be scooby-doo at this point like they're just Mm. like trying to uncover the villain and like stop the villain in their tracks and like there's absolutely no like threat to the actual characters and that to me is just lazy writing but
0: Mm. um, i'll play devil's advocate for a second (laughs) here i'm sure there are a lot of young kids who watch this show and so they understand that there's a target audience and mind you those you kids know, gotta you know, grow up is all i'm saying oh my gosh well, <laughs> Drop <laughs> Kill them all. i mean this is like all. i mean
1: how can this show be you can, you can say that like okay maybe there are because i've watched this show but season four was easily the most graphic stranger things has ever okay. been so yes. i don't know like like i don't know it doesn't hold up in the
0: court <laughs> that's what i'll say <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I'm, I'm you know i'm as long as i know that's what the deal is i'm content to do that but if i I think it's one thing if you expect maybe a major character death or something, like a shake-up, and nothing like that ever happens. When they are, as you said, putting themselves in these dangerous situations, then it's kind of like, okay, like what's the deal here? Yeah. But if they're like, look. There's no stakes or, at n- that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was my problem with the whole Hopper storyline, and kind of why I was hoping in some regards Max would succumb to her injuries. But uh, like I said, it's... As if you were, if I know from the jump that's what the deal is, then okay, I'm walking into that, I'm watching it. I mean it's just that, like so. takes
1: away like any type of suspense that the show can create because like they the like there any of these situations these characters can die. Like one little slip up and they're dead. And like mm-hmm. the fact that they have somehow lived this entire time is just like utterly ridiculous to me. And so when you give the game away like that, like there's no longer any reason and like even now, like Moments where you think it's going to be suspenseful aren't because I never suspected any of these characters to be put through, like, any type of danger where they could possibly die. None of them have even had serious life-altering injuries. Like I was thinking that exact like, same thing, dude. Like, they they basically made it out and, like, they're like, we're pros at this point, you know. We, we deal with the upside <laughs> down, like, it's whatever, no. you know. And, like, Vecna was the first, like, real threat especially towards max and then like the fact that you know they go so far to like basically kill her and then be like maybe we didn't uh you thought you thought (laughs) i am held up on this because
0: i just think it's just they're afraid i just think they're afraid I'm like, what if they just start killing everybody in season five? I would love what it. Just... I would
1: love it. I want there to be a full on war in Hawkins, and I want people. I want casualties. Mm, I want to see bodies it. in the street I want I sacrifices.
0: Mean, right? <laughs> I want. Okay, but I want to. Hey, we fifty <laughs> percent of this podcast is not condoning the uh, usage of mm. sacrifices <laughs> in television shows. So I am. Uh, I'll see it. you later. <laughs>
1: Indulging <laughs> it oh We're gosh. sponsored by Sacrifice.
0: <laughs> no, but dude, see, like, and I don't want it to be if somebody dies. I don't want it to be like a Hopper or somebody who's like already kind of died. If somebody's dying, I want it to be like, a, oh, I never. Oh, like good. Dancer, I hope they bring like, Hopper back
1: suspect. just to have him die again. Like that would be. Why
0: would you say something so dark? I hope they man? do
1: because, like, I feel like he's gonna have to make a sacrifice in the end, you know, or even somebody's Mike. gonna have to. Die, I want to see I, Mike I take a bullet, you know. Let's see that little punk
0: guy. <laughs> she, little punk, wow. Jeez. Although I am curious, mm-hmm. because we talked a little bit during the last discussion about the first half of the season, about not so much Mike, but we talked about Will. And so, Will's storyline has put him in the upside down, brought him back out, but he's been different. And we've never really seen Will be Will. Yeah. And so, I guess the actor who plays Will, what, Noah Schnapp or Schnapp? Schnapp, Yeah. S- okay he i guess confirmed i don't know if this is true but confirmed more or less that will is in fact gay and he is he is in love with mike and there was that moment when they yeah. were in the car when he's explaining to mike how l feels about mike but you see jonathan looking back and you can clearly see that it's not l it's will yeah um and so i was like okay cool but i'm Here's, and these are my thoughts, and I want to kind of pass the ball uh, back to you after this happens. Now, Robin, we had this storyline in season three. Robin is gay, and so she's actively pursuing that one girl who's in the band with her. And I guess that was like a big reveal because this is, once again, using time back in the 1980s where... It's kind of becoming more like prevalent in terms of people be- being out and whatnot, but it's still not like it is today, and so there's some judgment, and they're living in Hawkins, Indiana, mm-hmm. so you gotta think about that, too. But um, I feel like just the revelation that Robin was getting, and mind you, I'm sure they did it in part because they didn't want people thinking that she and Steve might end up together, and it adds a great degree of diversity to the cast and to the characters, and so I just unfortunately think that, Undermines once again this development we could get out of Will because it's like we've already asked these certain questions of like how will people perceive it and whatnot mm-hmm. and you know obviously it's colored with the fact that it's Mike his best friend who he's known and has kind of been alienated from and we knew from season one that they were really good friends and they had this special connection but at the same time it's like we've already done this in the series mm-hmm. and it I just I feel like it having Robin undermined. Like, if they changed the order, perfect. We would have, like, I would explain it. But, like, unfortunately, not, just Will, once again, is too late. My
1: only counter to that is, like, do, does everyone know that Robin's gay, though? Like, that's, like, the one thing. Like, I we know oh, Steve guys. knows. And yes. I, um, I don't know if anyone else knows. Like, does Mike mm-hmm. know? Does Will know? Does Dustin know? I don't think they do know. So, like, I think that's maybe part of it. But, like, you're right. Like, the themes, like, of we've kind of gone through this like whole storyline with Robin's character in like the literal previous season, but like with Mm. will, it's just like, he doesn't know that Robin is gay or whatever. Okay. So like to him, he's got to like come out to his like friends, like Mike, Dustin and them. He doesn't know how they'd react. And also simultaneously, he's clearly like in love with Mike, you know, but like Mike is obviously not gay. He is very much all about 11 and, you know, even tells her, uh, you know, that uh, she, he loves her at the very end of the season. And, like, Will, I think, mm-hmm. is there. So, like, he, yes. uh, you know, you know, definitely probably is hurt by that to some extent. Because he knows that the person that he loves will never be able to be with, like, intimately. And so, um, but yeah, I think this storyline, though, has been dragged out for a while. Because I agree. it's been hinted at in previous seasons that he's gay. And then in this season, it was kind of like, not explicitly said, but basically explicitly said mm-hmm. with that, that entire scene. Um, and like, it's still not kind of come up. And like, there was that great heart to heart moment with Jonathan and will. And like, that's like the, you know, that's like the bare minimum of like character development we got from, uh, that yep. entire season is like basically summed up into one episode, maybe two, um, So it's not great for those characters, but like, yeah, I feel like they kind of need to get this along. I don't think, I mean, it, you know, it could be a main focus for his character development and like the development of their friend group, because we haven't really seen character development from them in a while. And like, some people might yeah. be listening to, like, well, it's so not really kind of like the focal point of like the show. I mean, like it doesn't have to be necessarily the focal point, but it just needs to be like, I think it needs to be a worthy story to be told, um, and done right and done well. And I think it needs to be told. And like just constantly dragging it out is just like it's not really helping anybody here. So yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. And I want I want to know more about Will. I feel like I've yeah, I know. W-
1: I, I want to know more about more. Will because clearly I like, I he's you know he's all he's you know he's he's in his shell.
0: Yeah, still four sea like four seasons in. <laughs> And he's still in his shell, even when he's around. Like, his, and I know obviously that he's going through something that's, you know, very unique to him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't probably have a mold for how it's gone before. But still, it's like I want, I want and I was like, it's just, I wish they'd just explicitly said it so that once again, like, I know there's going to be those people who're like, I don't know if that's exactly right or what's going on with him. And I'm like, I would like to just start fleshing him out just a little, a little yeah. bit more.
1: And I think he probably feels like he's alone, you know like mm-hmm. wandering like a sea of fog basically and i think jonathan's you know the first person who you know is showing him some you know the the path out of that yep <laughs> so yeah. uh, hopefully that is definitely. kind of like the catalyst into vastly accelerating that storyline and uh definitely that's what i'm hoping yeah. for season 5
0: and speaking of, you know, love storylines and Jonathan, what are your thoughts on the whole Jonathan-Nancy, where we're leaving it as of season four's conclusion?
1: Uh, It just didn't really have a conclusion. Like, it just seemed like they kind of reunited and were like, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, it was basically yeah. what happened, right? Like, they didn't really mm-hmm. talk about their college thing. He still lied to her at the end. I'm yep. like, bro what have we not what like we learned nothing we basically like okay let's think about where these characters are at the beginning of season four and where they end up at the end end of season four same place (laughs) would you look
0: at that (laughs) would you look at that here we are here we are again
1: Uh here we are again (laughs) because they did nothing they did nothing this season jonathan learned nothing nancy's realizing you know like, maybe she was kind of growing distant from Jonathan. Clearly, long-distance relationships are hard, you know, and, like, uh, they're not sure about the whole college thing. I think both of them are not sure about it in their own way. We don't really see Nancy having a lot of that conflict, conflicting, um, uh, you know, inner turmoil that Jonathan's having with his whole college thing. And uh, then we go, like, then she kind of, like, sees Steve in a different light all of a sudden, and yeah. um but when, like when she sees Jonathan at the end i think like she kind of is like in her mind and maybe like forgetting Steve i and i don't really know kind of what's going on with like her and Steve when Jonathan shows up but like clearly their relationship isn't moved to anything neither of them grew during this experience to kind of like help mend their relationship so who knows where it's going to go in season five. I'm thinking Love Triangle, but we'll see. Ooh.
0: Well, Steve did admit his feelings to Nancy. True. saying, I see in my future lots of kids and you're there too. And I was like, ooh. ooh power play. play. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, okay, slide in, slide in. Slide. Oh, man. Slide so that was in. A plot thickener. That was a, a plot thickener. thickener. Absolutely was. For sure. And then I'm curious, okay, speaking of them as a group, this plan with Vecna, what were your thoughts? Because they used Max's bait. Mm -hmm. They had five people go into the Upside Down, three to take out the physical body of Vecna, two to, I guess, distract the bats. But I was like, you know, you're really assuming there are no more Demogorgons or Demodogs just roaming around in there. What did you think of just the plan as a whole? It seemed far-fetched. And, like, so part of me was,
1: like, hoping that it just would fail catastrophically. Oh my god. I mean it was yeah. because I'm like why would the first thing that they come up with like work? And like this like kind of like last minute thrown together kind of plan that like I could have come up with and I am not that smart. <laughs> so Savage. when like they come up with that kind of plan and I'm just like it works kind of works. I mean, they kind of fumble on the la- like on the one yard line until like L somehow frees them, I guess, during the whole mm. like max bait thing and then they go in and then they cook that they cook Vecna for breakfast or dinner or whatever and then he somehow still survives. Um little Freddy Krueger action. Yeah, little Freddy Krueger action. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like Uneventful, and it should have gone worse than it did, because, like I said, stakes don't feel high in this show, um, and they almost could have with that failing horribly. Mm. Yeah, because Vecna is still a threat; he's still going to be the main villain of season five, most likely, and so that could it could have gone terribly wrong. Maybe you wipe out a couple of more people, and then I was
0: gonna say. So if he wipes out one more, like outside of Max, yeah. then we'll
1: it could have literally just man. gone horribly wrong, killed Max, and then like what happens happens, and like that's kind of the season as week mm-hmm. of kind of like a finale. It is. I didn't like, you know, as I said multiple times, I really did not like how everybody was so spread out, and like pretty much half the cast didn't have. Anything significant going on. So.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh,
1: what would you think about the plan? Ensemble. What did you think about that whole kind of like final
0: battle, uh, if you will? Okay, so Eleven's always been a badass, mm-hmm. so you gotta give her her props. And I was just like, okay, I didn't, I didn't even mind using Max's bait. Perfectly fine. At what point, at what point in time did it make sense to have Clumsy Robin, who admitted she was clumsy, And it's in a hive mind environment. Mm -hmm. You have Nancy, who I mean, yeah, sure, she had a gun, but take that away from her, and you know, she could get the business. And then you had Steve, who every season, with the exception of this one, has ended up with like a broken face. Like I was like, that's our that's our dream team that's gonna go take out Vecna. But uh, I I wasn't so I wasn't a believer necessarily. I was glad that they were. It was well thought out in terms of who's on the outside with Erica, kind of making calls and using Morse code. The second Jason and the gosh darn basketball team rolled up, though, bro, I was ready to step into that TV and start throwing hands. I was like, these jokers have been killing me from the jump. And I wish, in part, we had gotten maybe just a little bit more on their side because they could have been, like, solid, like, secondary antagonists. And I think that we spent so much time with Hopper and some other, like, storylines that weren't necessarily adding to the stakes that had they been in it, like, as villains a little bit more, it would have been it would have been crazier, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I wish that we, because they did make an appearance, I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of them because that would have just made it super crazy. But overall, I mean, the plan was to go take on this man in his own environment, in a, a hive mind with these vines that can sense where people are. I was also like, Why wouldn't he know that they were there if a bat was there? If a bat saw them, I should say. Like, everything is connected in the Upside Down, so it didn't make sense that they'd be able to sneak in, even if he was, you know, preoccupied with with Max, but I'm not an expert of the Upside Down, so can't claim to know how things work exactly down there. I did think it was super dope, though, how Max was able to kind of get out of the house in the Upside Down by going into her own memories which I thought was super cool. And then when Eleven came through well, off the piggyback, I was like, you about to get the business back now, so sit back. But, uh, oh man, great moment came when um, he had both Max and Eleven pinned up. And he was, I ugh, if he just killed Max in that moment, I think that would have been as sad as it would have been to see her go. Kind of baller, because it would have added to his level of, as a villain. It would have kind of helped to solidify him as a legitimate Threat. Obviously, he's killed three people, but those are three randos who we don't really know. If you kill Max, it's like this is real. This guy does not play, and he's ruthless. And I think that that's uh, that's a part of a great villain. And so I would have loved to see that come through. But overall, if I had to rate the plan out of ten, I give it a six to a six point five. And once again, I'm still pissed about Eddie, but I'm slowly getting over it. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I'm also. I was also like, that was the dumbest death, like. Literally, I was like literally dude, the dumbest
0: do not be a hero, do not be a hero. you are already being
1: the hero by running away literally. you did not need to turn around and do that. so dumb, yep, but I was also gonna say, um beckner really like played with his food, if you will, like he took his time yes. with max, like I don't know why like all this like' this, that's the problem with these like stupid like plot armor crap is just like okay if it was anyone else they'd already be dead like you just just go there just do it and like in the end she basically dies anyway like why 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 (laughs) take like 20 minutes to like think that like why is it so slow like why is it one arm at one time and like one leg at one time when like everyone else was instant it was just like boom boom
0: boom 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 dead (laughs) Also, Max, I mean, Max, um, Mike had a whole, like, 20 minutes to give a pep talk to Eleven as she just stood there watching him, like, with his hand over, or watching Vecna no, with his hand over Max's face. And I was like, bro. And she was like, you don't have to do this. I was like, there is no way this Joker hasn't killed this, this girl by now. Yeah. Like, Come on
1: now. I know. This is, it was, like, so ridiculous, which kind of, like, furthers the disbelief of, like, that any stakes are at play here. Mm. And that's, like, not what you want in a show. Where, like, you have a villain who's supposed to be as ruthless as Vecna. Yeah.
0: I mean, I am glad. Like, I do love Max as a character. I do like her,
1: too. But that's, like, that's all the more important of, like, why she makes that sacrifice at the end. Even though, you know, it just, like, doesn't work out. And I think that needs to... That's just how, how it goes
0: sometimes. I mean... I just want it known I was super hype when Billy died. I don't even know. It's weird. And I will say this about this season. They tried to make it seem like like Billy was a sympathetic character. He was a terrible person. I did not feel even remotely like that. (laughs) I was was quite happy. I said, you know what? I've never cheered on the Mind Flayer (laughs) or the Demogorgon, but... Now I am. Now you know, I can say thank you. I was team Mind flyer that day. <laughs> Literally. Literally. I just sat there on the TV. I'm okay with this. I'm okay, I'm, with, I'm this. okay with this. Like,
1: I'm going to... I'm a standing ovation, you know? Like, Literally. Like, Duffer
0: Brothers. Okay, thank I you. appreciate y'all for thank that. Thank you. I was waiting on it. Oh, man. But yeah, no. So I didn't get that whole part of the whole story. Uh, but no. I, I, other than that, like... Interesting plan, interesting conclusion, and speaking of the conclusion, so technically I guess Max died, then came back, and so when she died, uh, essentially Vecna's plan was fulfilled, and there was an opening that was created within uh, Hawkins to the Upside Down, but upon her, I don't even know if the word resurrection or resuscitation is better, but uh, when she came back, it was sealed up, and everybody just thinks it's a an earthquake, although the main cast final scene is just looking out onto these kind of rifts in the ground that we know lead to the upside down. I'm curious as to what your thoughts were on how everything concluded and what you think is coming
1: next. So my real like big criticism of like that is just like when all like Vecna got his way and opened all the stuff and like uh, everyone's response, like Nancy's response was like, Oh no, Max, like what do you think just (laughs) happened to her? Like, like you know what that means. Oh she's gosh. dead, right? Like, like, your response is like, "Oh no, Max." Max. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Oh That's my you. gosh I didn't And think everyone about else is just dude. like, mm-hmm. oh. "Oh, okay." That's too bad. That's, oh no! Real shame. Real shame.
0: Real shame. I didn't even think about that. But that—that that was the first oh thing
1: that came God. to my mind when that happened. I'm like, "Is no one here gonna be like talking about?" acts at all like we're just (laughs) like okay she's just died all right that's what the four bells ring guys mean guys true True. and you're all just like oh oh no we gotta go guys (laughs) let's go gang
0: literally yeah they have they don't necessarily internalize like think about it after eddie's death only person who was caught up on it was dusted Mm -hmm. only person i was like this man literally just sacrificed himself for all of y'all. And nobody's going to even mention his name. Mm. Mm. Uh, Tragic.
1: As for the conclusion, though, I don't really know where it's going to go. Like like I said, I feel like Vecna's ultimate plan is pretty boring. You know, he's just basically out here to do, I don't know, murder, I guess. I, like, <laughs> um, he just... I want to do murder. <laughs> Big fan. Um... <laughs> And so, like, his motives are kind of boring. Like, is he going to, like, unleash hell on the world? Like, is that what he's trying to do? Like, I guess. Why Hawkins? Like, I don't know town's literally cursed and but like yeah, yeah. so I think it's gonna be kind of like a ground zero I think we're gonna I hope you know what I want to see I want this to be doom you ever know you know the video game doom where like you're some yeah demon slayer you go into literally hell and like that's what I want I want Hawkins to be turned into a hellish landscape I want a full on war between the people of Hawkins rallying up against Vecna and his demonic creatures and I want blood and slaughter but we're not gonna get that Absolutely won't get that. It would be cool, but we're not going to get that.
0: Okay. we, we got to have a talk after this, man. I, what's, what's going on? What's, ha- what's happening? In I want
1: something unique. Said blood and slaughter. Okay. <laughs> Iron and blood.
0: <laughs> I want to do murder. <laughs> well, I,
1: I mean, I just what? think, I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I assume that there's going to be like some type of know, I feel like Hawkins is gonna become uninhabitable. I think it will transform as more and more of like the upside down kind of becomes uh entrenched like into the right side up as you put it. (laughs) Um into Hawkins. So you know, and then like where we go, I think we're gonna be seeing like kind of big mobilization of maybe some like type of military personnel and like the gangs all back together again for the one final crusade against Vecna. The they're going to go into the upside down, storm his castle, and take him out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's what I think. What about you, Palmer? What are you seeing?
0: Oh, boy. See, it was funny because you saw the massive, massive exodus mm-hmm. as everybody was coming back into Hawkins, everybody was leaving. I haven't really had time to consider, you know, what will happen next. But I think that. It's gonna be become more more or less of like a military state, like the the little lab people in the army. You're gonna move in and try to start figuring it out. Naturally, somebody's gonna to try to use the power that's there to gain some advantage, maybe against the Russians, maybe just in general. And then I think that we're gonna to have to. It's not gonna be like some grand scale thing, just because that's not how I feel like the series is gone. I don't think they're gonna change up their tune now, but. I think they're gonna have identified that Eleven is still out there. They're gonna be trying to find her, and then you know, just as they close in, the gang is closing in on stopping Vecna. And so while they're they're basically gonna be fighting a two front war in which they're trying to keep the the military off their backs and then also vanquish this evil uh, for once and for all. So that's what's going on in my head.
1: All right, all right, yeah, dude. I guess we'll wait and see for what the final season of Stranger Things will be.
0: Yes, indeed. Duffer Brothers, give us something good. Let's
1: hope. Let's hope. So, before we kind of ramp up here, you know, any, like, kind of closing thoughts? What was, like, overall take of season four? Where do you put it towards, like, the previous season?
0: I was actually literally just about to say that. I was gonna say overall, my so my favorite season is season one. I would probably say this is my number two favorite season. I know, I know, we just like unpacked things and picked it apart, but at the same time, I felt like they kind of started getting back into their groove in terms of just like what made the series great. Like people were dying. We didn't know necessarily what was happening, and obviously, you know, they had the reveal basically at the conclusion of part one of this season. But at the same time, I did really appreciate uh, just kind of some of the things that they got back to uh, in terms of the storytelling. I will say I just, I, I just love a, a villain who doesn't have a purpose. Like, I don't need everything explained. So, I mean, I like evil for the sake of evil, you know. <laughs> I think I've probably mentioned this before in the, in the podcast, but in The Dark Knight, one of the greatest lines was when the Joker was talking to Harvey Dent in the hospital. And he says, I'm like a dog chasing after a car. I don't know what I would do if I caught one, but I just, I just chase that. So that's, I love that. But, you know, I know as a storyteller, you got to sometimes unpack that for people because not everybody's into that. So I can appreciate that. And I just hope that it has as incredible a conclusion as it had an introduction and that by the end of it, I can just be content with everything I've seen, and everything that's happened. How about you, bud?
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with you there. I think this has been one of the better seasons, you know, as much as I have criticized it and how much we've criticized it tonight, I I still will put it uh, firmly up there. You know, season one by far is up and away. Like, there's still a huge gap between season one and any of the other seasons, but I do think season four was a step back in the right direction. Definitely had a lot of weak points. Definitely still need to iron out a lot of things that they really want to, you know, knock the final season out of the park here. But I think they were moving back towards the right direction of like really upping the horror and like the gore. And I think that needs to kind of be carried over into season five to really like bring it home. If they want to have like, this show end on a strong point because seasons two and three were pretty weak. Like in like you know in the retrospective of like season one and like this season, um, but yeah, that's my thoughts there. Mm. Uh,
0: okay, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, if there's anything else, Palmer? I think we're we're all good there.
0: Okay. Well. No? Okay.
1: Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This has been the Watch Up podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Bud. Joining with me is, as always, is the wonderful Jordan Palmer. Catch our episodes every Monday evening. We are back. I know this is episode two of back from summer break, but we're back, and we're going to cover off on hopefully, uh, nope, Jordan Peele's new horror film next week. So be sure to tune into that. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts and also drop us a follow on the social media. Palmer, why don't you let them know where they
0: can follow us? Okay, people, you can follow us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, which is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter at What You Got Cast, which is spelled the same way.
1: And until next Monday, catch you all
0: later.